The Cincinnati Reds made three separate moves this week that made the team better. Moves that Jeff and I have been advocating for all offseason. We're going to tell you how the Red Legs got better by addition. We're going to tell you how they got better by subtraction. And we're going to tell you why Tyler Stevenson's stock has just gone through the friggin' roof. We're going to put you in the driver's seat coming up a little bit later and take your questions and comments on this live Aloha edition, Friday Live of Locked on Reds. Roll the intro, Jeffrey. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds and welcome into this Aloha Live. It's it's uh Festivus, Meli Kaliki Maka, all that great stuff. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing your team every day. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, alongside co-host Stephen Offenbaker. We have had a lifelong addiction to the Cincinnati Reds and have turned that addiction into information for you here on today's podcast we're going to be talking about some exciting moves that all happened within the last 26 hours that the reds have done that have transformed their roster now are they a playoff team no but they are better today than they were yesterday steve i am absolutely excited about this we have got to jump in on this but first i gotta figure out where is your aloha shirt well, uh, I had to break my my streak of Friday Aloha shirts because I figured nothing was more fitting than wearing the road moose uniform on the day that we talk about moose hitting the road. So I feel like this sense, was yeah. the I feel like this was the appropriate attire for today's conversation. Yeah, and 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 kind of conversely, this is about the least appropriate attire I could possibly be wearing in the city of Cincinnati right now. I think it's negative two, which is about eight degrees warmer than it was like two hours ago. So oh, oh. It is I'll send you some pictures from the I'll send you some pictures from the beach later. Yeah, yeah, I know you will. I, I'm I'm expecting that. But I tell you this, let's talk about some positive stuff because we don't need to talk about negative temperatures because it's all positive here today. The Reds made some really big moves yesterday. I got the chance to kind of cover the Will Myers edition in detail on yesterday's episode, but I recorded before the Reds made probably the biggest move, and that was to let go of Moose. Moose is gone. They DFA'd him yesterday. The ex expectation is he's going to end up being released Usually, if you DFA somebody, that's kind of like a, you know, come get them. We got them for sale for whatever you want to offer to us. But the team that makes the trade would have to pick up his contract. So that's not going to happen. They're not going to claim him off waivers. He's going to become a free agent, and the Reds are going to eat this money. But they knew that coming into it. And Steve, I love it. I, I firmly was completely surprised by it. this was a Christmas surprise by Nick Crawl, who continues to make all the right moves. I and uh, this one's gonna hurt a little bit. Credit a little bit to the SOB, that son of Bob, <laughs> for writing the check that's a little bit bigger than it's it had to be this year. God, that hurt. Oh, oh, I feel nauseous. No, listen, I, I didn't expect them to do this because of the combination of the $16 million salary 
plus the the remaining you know the the buyout option million, I think was for the buyout. for the following year right so it puts the it puts the reds writing a 22 million dollar check right away uh, as soon as they actually release Mike Moustakis. Uh, for that reason alone, nobody is going to claim him off of waivers. Uh, they're not going to you know, pay the $22 million when they can probably get him on a very, very friendly uh, prove-it deal after he's released. Someone, so Listen, someone's going to take a flyer on Mike Moustakis, at least some kind of spring training invite. He's going to go get one more look at Major League Baseball. Whether or not he plays in 2023, that will remain to be seen. But he'll be in somebody's spring training. He'll be at camp somewhere. His days aren't over just yet. But like you say, credit to the Reds for actually not being afraid to pull the trigger. You know, it probably wasn't easy for for Nick Crawl to go to ownership and, you know, hey, boss, you know, I know we talk about this money thing all the time, but I need you to write a twenty two million dollar check. Uh, that <laughs> probably was not easy for him, but it is a move that makes the Reds so much better. By subtraction, it frees up spots for the young guys. It allows them to get creative with the signings they have made, moving people around the infield. It allows Spencer Steer to go into this season knowing that he could have some stability right away uh, playing the left side of the infield, at least until Ellie De La Cruz comes up or until Noel V. Marte forces the issue. Uh, you know, it's Spencer Steer's show, I think, over there at third base. So, uh, this this move did a lot of a lot of positive for the Reds, and uh, you know that's not for me to say that I think Mike Musakis was a bad guy. I feel bad for him, uh, and I know you want to get into this a little bit. Yeah, and and you kind of mentioned Steer, and we'll get to what the roster looks like now that Moose is gone, because objectively, yes. The Reds are better without Moose than they are with Moose. And that money was spent anyway. Whether or not they played him, he was going to get that money. But then you talk about you're going to pay him money and you're going to also cost yourself on the back end by somebody not playing whenever he's out on the field. It, it, it made no sense to trudge him out there because I was a little bit worried, and this is why I was so surprised. Uh, you know, I thought they were just going to roll him out there. For the first couple of weeks, maybe month, do the Matt Kemp thing where they're like, let's hope he runs into a couple and somebody wants to send us a bag of balls for him. They did not do that this time. And I am so very happy to see that. But yeah, I, I think that the other part of this too is I really thought about a bounce back and what that looked like for Mike Moustakis. And that was last year, if he was going to do it and he was hurt. He wasn't good when he was healthy. He looked a little bit out of shape. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to talk, but the shirt barely. <laughs> like, I just, I look at that and I say, all right, he didn't do it last year. He's definitely you, know, you, you said that all last year. Sorry, I just got to jump in on the Mike Moustakas is out of shape. You said that all last season. And I got this darn jersey in the mystery bag. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a little snug around the abdominal muscles or lack of here. <laughs> it has inspired me to do crunches because I'm like, well, shit. Jeff keeps saying that Moustakas is out of shape. And this well, thing's maybe a it's snug your abs. on Maybe me. your abs gotta, are too big or something. I'm, I'm, I'm going on to a power crunch routine because you keep saying things like that and you're, you're – your, your body shaming me no and and, and and i'll say this it's definitely in context to other baseball players i'm not in context to us because lord knows we aren't in any the shape that we're in is uh round but when i looked at mike Mustakas, i said there's no reason for him to be on this roster this year in a perfect world the reds let go of him. somehow they figured out a way to make this sort of a perfect world they 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 did and i i just continue to come back to the fact that Nick Kroll 
is getting better and better and better. He's yeah. getting better at the moves he's making. He's getting better at talking to the media. He's getting better at doing the job overall. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that he took a lot of heat and he took a lot of heat that probably should have been directed at the SOB mm-hmm. son of Bob, Phil Castellini. So I think that wasn't fair to Nick, but what he's done is he's learned from his mistakes. He's powered through, he's gotten better at his job and, and in turn been able to show us, you know, he's a pretty savvy front office executive. He, he kind of gets how to do this small market thing. Now, don't confuse me giving Nick Crawl praise with support of the Castellini ownership group. I'm yeah. not saying that he's doing things that's going to make all be forgiven. But what I am saying is that if this is the world we got to live in with the Castellinis, I appreciate the fact that Nick Crawl is working hard to try and get better and try to do the best he can and put the best team on the field within those ridiculous confines that the Castellinis are putting down on him. And it's something that we've said about David Bell in the last couple of years, but I think Nick Kroll gets this, gets uh, some credit in here too. Um, this is like MacGyver. Like nobody cares about the supplies that MacGyver got. He just made them work. Nick Kroll is making this work. David Bell tried everything he could to make it work. It didn't really work out just because he was given half chewed gum that was still wet and it was just not going to come together. So when you look at what Nick Kroll has done, he should be getting so much more credit than we are giving. We're trying to give him some credit here on the show. And I think that's low key. Cause he listens to us. What's up, Nick. It's nice to see you. Hey, Nick. How you doing, Nick? Enjoying the Aloha live show. Happy Festivus buddy. But um, when I think about the moves that he could have done this off season, he has done exactly what we said the Reds should do. He got a right-handed bat and w- Will Myers that can play the outfield. He got another catcher. There is now catching depth for days, and that opens up a spot for Tyler Stevenson to have a little bit of positional flexibility because he's got some great quotes in here that have just confirmed to me he didn't fall into these moves. These moves were planned, and it was a beautiful strategy. He does have uh, a lot of great quotes. And you know what? Let's do this, Jeff. Uh, Before we get into what Nick said and what direction that takes this franchise for 2023, uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come through uh, this break. And on the flip side, we're going to get into what Nick Crawl said and not only the, the, the meat of what he said, but how he said it, because I have some thoughts on that as well. Listen, it's a, it's a serious time of year. You know, I know we do a lot of uh, fun and funny ad reads around here. Uh, some more funny than others when when Jeff gets tongue tied. But uh, sometimes we have some serious stuff uh, pop up. And listen, during this holiday season, you're going to be out. You're going to be hanging with some friends. You're going to be putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think about calling a ride and then you think, nah. I live right around the corner. It's not that far. I can make it home. Okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? Right? Well, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up a little bit. You might lose your license. Could lose your job. Could total your car. You might actually kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of drink driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. Uh, Most of you know I have a full-time gig as an ER nurse. I see this a lot. This is not hyperbole. This is not abstract talk. It's real talk. 
drinking and driving occurs all the time and it hasn't stopped people from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers to keep our roads safe and to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Jeff, let's dig into what Nick Crawl had to say and how he said it. And there, there's so much, but I'm so jazzed today. I mean, I know they didn't yeah. go out and sign Aaron Judge, but there's a lot of positivity today. Positivity is in the air with what's going on. And it is well warranted because the moves that he made and then the way that he backed it up, because remember last year, whenever he was saying certain things and we're like, oh my gosh, Nick, what are you doing, man? What are you saying? It's the total opposite this year. It's like he gets it now. And, and I love that because this is what is going to be huge about that. My favorite quote, and this is a story that Bobby Nightingale had in the inquiry, and he had a bunch of different quotes from Nick Crawl and from Will Myers and things like that. That we'll get into but my favorite quote that he had nick crawl said this i think this is actually uh, this actually is going to help us get another hitter in the lineup every day keep Which listening jeff normally you're going to give players days off after they catch or if they catch several days in a row steve who could he be talking about there? He clearly listened to Tyler Stevenson on this show. Clearly, there is no way that this is not a direct result of him listening to what Tyler had to say on this show. Tyler Stevenson wants to be in the lineup every day. He said it on this show. Uh, for that to be accomplished, they needed to go get another catcher so that they could move Tyler around like you and I have been saying all offseason to be able to get him platoon time with Joey Votto if that's the direction they choose to go or to play first base more if Joey's not ready and then get time at designated hitter. This is exactly the move the Reds had to make. It's exactly the move we've been talking about since before the season ended all the way back to the clavicle fracture. We've been talking about this and Nick Crawl just threw down the gauntlet and said, guess what, boys, we're doing it. We did it. And that's the other thing, too, is like coming into this season, offseason, the two main goals I had for the Reds. Number one, make sure you don't block anybody, but you solidify the roster. They've done that. Number two, make sure you find a way to protect Tyler Stevenson. They did that. They hit both goals. Like, this is not something where I said, well, they got to go get this guy and they got to get this guy. Like, I wanted them to get Corey Kluber, but at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal if they don't. If they hit these two points and they did that, this is the kind of move. And, and Moose was impactful, but the fact that they are able to now utilize Tyler Stevenson at first base when they need to give Joey Votto days off or put him in the DH spot and still have a veteran competent, awesome catcher behind the plate. Whether you're talking about Kirk Casale and Luke Maley has shown that he's starting to get it last season. I definitely trust Kirk Casale more, but the fact that they were able to bring in Kirk Casale now, they're definitely keeping all three catchers on the roster because it opens up the depth for Tyler Stevenson. This was a phenomenal move by Nick Crawl. And I'm so happy to see that, you know, he's been listening to us because he also said this as well. And, and it's something that we've been trying to say. Yes, we understand 
let you know we we agree we wish the reds would spend more money but the way that they are telling us that they're going to build their team is by developing the bulk of their roster by taking prospects getting them better by training for prospects by drafting prospects and training them and getting them ready for the major leagues and then they will fill within the margins steve the quote that he said was we have to be a team that does build from within but at the same time we have to bring solid players in around our young players like listen this i I gotta tell you you know that scene in happy gilmore where adam sandler kind of leans in and is all happy learned how to putt nick (laughs) crawl's doing this right now i can just see nick crawl behind the podium leaning and going nick got a media advisor you know (laughs) he's saying all the right things and he you know he was so awkward in talking about what his vision and the moves he was trying to make last year he just he botched it every single time and the last few times now out to the microphone he's been much better and he's been able to do the thing that you need the general manager to do in the absence of somebody else uh, phil castellini that wanted to be the face of the franchise you needed a gm that could come out and clearly and concisely let the fans know what the front office is trying to accomplish. And Nick is starting to be able to put those words together in such a way that, you know, I think fans can see the whole picture of what the Reds are trying to do and understand that when the Reds make moves like this, it is actually about accomplishing those goals. Well, I tell you what, we are here on this Alive Aloha edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. We are going to get to your questions. We're going to get to your comments here in just a minute. Before we do that, I had one other thing that I wanted to get to. This was Will Myers' quote, and this was something that I kind of touched on a little bit whenever I talked about the Reds getting him. Like, yes, he fits in beautifully as a right-handed bat who can play the outfield, and he plays defense pretty solidly, so he's not going to be you know, a a detriment out there is not like a Robbie Grossman or something like that, who we had talked about previously. Uh, Nick crawl was kind of like, I got a one up on you guys. Just wait for it. Um, But Will Myers definitely fits this mold very well, but he said this too. And this was something that people talked a lot about Donovan Solano last year and said, boy, they need to keep this guy because of this mentality. Will Myers said this, "Uh, I know we didn't reach our ultimate goal of a world series in San Diego, but I felt we had a great run last year. Just offering that experience, trying to connect with some young players to give them some advice and find ways to improve their games here in this team, I think that's very important. I think those are the things that go a long way for the future of organizations to be able to get to ultimately the playoffs and the World Series. Will Myers understands his role perfectly, and I love that. You know, I said way back, that I was really hoping this corner outfield signing would be a Tommy Pham type signing, a guy on a one to two year prove it deal that had the opportunity to come to great American ballpark and put up some big numbers and then possibly be flipped for prospect or two in return. That's exactly what this signing is. I think that Will Myers is going to come in and, you know, as you and I talked about off air, his lefty righty splits, they're, they're not preventative of him being an everyday guy. He could play every day as long as he's healthy uh, at Great American Ballpark. He's going to have some numbers uh, that's going to make him attractive to other teams come the deadline. He's on a one year seven point five million dollar deal with a mutual option. Uh, as you pointed out, 
that mutual option really is just an attractive little piece in trade talks because a team that gets him may be able to keep him beyond that half season. So this is a win, I think. It's a win for Will Myers to show he's still got some baseball in him. And it's a win for the Cincinnati Reds because they fill that corner outfield role. Plus, Will can fill in at first base from time to time if that's right. needed. So they get those two things there. And they get the ability to better the franchise short-term with Will Myers and long-term with whatever they could get for Will Myers. So I, I think this was a no-brainer. This was a great move by Nick Crawl. Just an absolutely beautiful day for this Reds front office. And Nick Crawl showed once again. He knows what he's doing, and the strategy is real. Let's let's all get behind it. It's going to be amazing. All right, coming up, we got some questions to get to. Lots of people in the comments. I also had somebody DM me on Twitter an interesting trade proposal that I will tell Steve and see what he thinks about here in just a moment. <clears throat> Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know that you can follow the podcast on all platforms. If this is your first time watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us on this live Aloha edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure that you click subscribe and you click that bell to get notified. We're going to try to do this every week. We're going to try to be live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. But more than that, all throughout the offseason, we are going to be bringing you all Reds content all the time. Plus, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, let's start this off, and I know we've got some questions, but I wanted to drop this in here first. It's a mock trade proposal, and I find this one kind of interesting. This is from Mitch Cox on Twitter. Uh, his handle is uh, at Mitch1712, and he said... Reds send, and this is a trade between the Reds and the Mets. Reds send Alexis Diaz, Lucas Sims, and Matt Reynolds to the Mets for Carlos Carrasco, Brett Beatty, and Mark Vientos. I'm going to tell you why I, I would say yes, but I want to hear what your answer is. Oh, I don't know. I don't Keep in know. mind, Brett Beatty can play third base and outfield, and Mark Vientos is a corner infielder. Yeah, but the the pitching hit that an already decimated bullpen is going to take in that trade. I mean, it'll be great to have young studs in the lineup, but if you're giving up 75 runs a game, I just don't know that it benefits. I mean, first off, the Mets aren't going to do this. I don't think. Uh, I, I think that that's just way too much of a. There's there's way too much going on in that deal. Uh, the Mets aren't going to do this, but if for some reason, maybe. I put me down as a maybe. I don't know. I would have to really think about how they would recover uh, this bullpen because th that's a lot. I, I think that the Mets say no to this because the only real asset that they're getting in this is Alexis Diaz. Like Lucas Sims could be an asset, but he's got a huge question mark as to how he's going to come back from that back injury. And, and, and Matt Reynolds is fine. Matt Reynolds is okay. I don't think he has a lot of trade value or else the Reds probably would have already flipped him because he – is a guy that I'm not sure I see making this roster at this point with the moves that the Reds have made. And and the guys that are in this proposal coming back, Carlos Carrasco is a dude. And Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty are both very high-rated prospects. 
and I, I believe I've heard some stuff, whether you're talking to Ryan Finkelstein over at Locked On Mets or reading some different articles from Ken Rosenthal, that the Mets have been called upon about Beatty and about Vientos, and they have been very reluctant, if like completely dismissive, of any trade proposal that includes them. So I don't necessarily think the Reds could even get one of those guys, let alone two in this deal. I think from a Reds perspective, I would do it. It would suck to lose Alexis Diaz, but I still think that the bullpen outside of Diaz is a work in progress. So you're only taking one guy out of that equation that you already know. And as excited as I am about Alexis Diaz, these Vientos and Beatty are like going to be really good players, I believe. I think that they are ready to be in the major leagues this year. It's just, well, you know, the Mets have an all-star team, so I don't necessarily know that they're going to be needed for the Mets. They have an all-star team. You know, I saw saw a thing, and we'll get into this next week, but just to drop it in so I remember to talk about it next week, that the Mets payroll this season is now more than the net worth of Bob Castellini. It's uh, amazing. It just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Uh, but listen, Jeff, let's dig into this comment section a little bit before our audio uh, guys run out of time. Let's get a few comments and questions rolling Definitely. here on the YouTube. If you want to give us comments or questions, drop them in. If you're watching live on YouTube, if you're listening uh, to the audio feed later, uh, if you want to participate in these lives, you can join us every Friday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube feed to uh, drop your questions and comments in as well. Carlton Van Hoy checks in, says, loves the foundation work that Nick Crawl has has been doing coupled with the trades this sets the reds up for a chance to compete in the division uh, he watched some will myers videos and will to him seems like a cincinnati guy yeah i think he agrees you know pretty much with what we were saying jeff uh, carlton thanks for checking in uh, i agree i i think that uh, i think this is a great great fit uh you know nick Carl did one a, other a fantastic job and one other thing, too, about uh, Will Myers, one of the quotes that he had, he's like, you know, coming off a year where I was hurt, I've got to reprove myself. And if you look at his stats from the last three years, he's been fine. His OPS plus has been over 100 for the last three seasons. And that includes a shortened season in 2020 where for, you know, I think it was like 50 games or whatever. He was literally on fire. I think his OPS plus was like 150 in 2020. But again, that's 2020. That's you almost throw that out. But still to see that he's still being a viable option up the plate. So I, I think that the Reds just really made a slam dunk move with this. And there is a, and we forgot to talk about this whenever we mentioned him being traded, there's a uh, provision in his deal that if he's traded, the Reds have to pay him $2 million more million. I don't think that that precludes them from trading him at all. Though. No, it doesn't. Cause the team that's getting him will probably pay that money anyway, back yeah. to the Reds. So uh, it, it won't, I don't think that'll be an issue. Uh, Steve McCoy checks in saying uh, sometimes it's addition by subtraction, talking about the Mike Moustakis uh, being designated sure. for assignment. Uh, the Robo Buck checks in with a, a question that I we didn't get to this, Jeff. Uh, he asks if Ethan Evaldi would be a good candidate for the back end of the rotation. Uh, maybe, but one thing we didn't talk about was Nick Crawl was asked if there were going to be more free agent moves and it didn't sound promising for there being a lot more free agent dollars. I think and what Nick said was if they were to sign somebody else, they would have to get creative. Yes. Those, those were his words. Exactly. And I take, I took that to believe that if there's any moves that are going to be made, it's going to be trades. And I'm just not seeing what the trade is going to be at this point. Like the only thing I could have thought of was moose and the move would not have moved the needle at all. So it doesn't really matter that much. So I, I think that what we see is kind of what we get as far as the offseason moves. There'll be some interesting 
waiver wire pickups in spring training. There'll be some interesting minor league signings with invites to spring training that we'll see. But honestly, and we'll talk about this in depth on Monday, the roster is really starting to take shape. It's it's looking pretty pretty okay. I definitely don't think they are a 100 loss team next year. I, I agree. I think that this moves the needle just enough. I, you know, I keep saying, Jeff, it, the pitching, the bullpen is is really still the big question mark for me right. because if they can find a way to patchwork that bullpen with what I think is going to be a above average starting rotation, uh, even if they don't go so sign somebody else, this team could actually stumble its way into remaining relevant for the final wild card spot. Listen, don't get my words twisted out there, folks. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they're going to make some spectacular World Series run. I'd love it if they did, but I'm not saying that. I am saying that this team is built in such a way that if everybody plays just a little bit over their head, and we've seen that happen, the Cardinals do it all the time. We've seen it happen. They could stumble their way into a playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and all you got to do is kind of put yourself in the, you know, think of it like a pool or something. You got to put yourself by the edge and, hey, you might fall in. Who knows? So uh, we'll, we'll see what the Reds can do with that. I, I'm encouraged by everything that Nick Crawl has done, and I, I firmly believe that they will be better next year, this coming season than they were last year. But we're going to do one more for the audio feed before we wrap up on that side. And I think this one's for you, Jeff. This comes from Matt's CDL. Uh, and I think this is in regards to your solo show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically, uh, Matt's is asking is if Barrero is in a sink or swim year this year. And if he does bad, does bad, do they not offer him an ARB deal? I wonder because we said that about Nick Senzel and they still offered him. Um, I, I think that they will offer him an arbitration offer. Um, they, they will tender him a contract next off season because I don't necessarily know that it would be a huge raise. You might be talking about, I don't know, 1.2 million or something like that for him. That's, that's, that's a drop in the bucket, even on a team that doesn't like to pay a lot of money. But the reason that I kind of brought this up and I'm going to show this graphic, it's going to cover part of your face, Steve. I'm sorry about this because this was meant for me solo on the screen. But um, this is his statistics through 15 games in Puerto Rico. He has absolutely been killing it. And other than the slugging, which you would like to see tick up and uh, shout out to Doug Gray over at Red Lake Nation. He wrote an article talking about the fact that in the Puerto Rican Winter League, slugging percentages on average are right at the 300 mark. So he's still above league average there. But the nine walks and 11 strikeouts, these are something that I'm I'm very encouraged to see because, yes, 2023 is going to be really it for whatever Jose Barrero's future with the Reds is and really we're probably just talking about april of 2023 so he's got to hit the ground running and he's really working to make sure that he does that right now because he's been working ever since the season ended so i still think that regardless of what happens this season he's likely to get tendered a contract simply because it's not going to be that much of a raise but the issue is going to be where does he fit on this team and that question is far more up in the air and i just you know I, I bless your optimistic heart, Jeff. I know that you like to look at these numbers and try to find the silver linings and the things. And I, but this is the point I've reached with Jose Barrero. Um, we've seen him do it 
in single A. We've seen him do it in double A. We've seen him do it in triple A. We've seen him do it in the Puerto Rican league. We've seen him do it in winter leagues and in the fall league where we've not seen him do it is in the major leagues. I'm all done with looking at these lower level numbers and feeling optimistic about him. He needs to come to spring training. He needs to bust his butt. He needs to hit opening day and he needs to prove it. And that that's the only thing from him. I'm interested in seeing at this point, I'm not going to get excited. I'm not going to get optimistic. I, I appreciate that. He finally went and worked on, you know, overhauling his swing and that he finally is, is, is trying to press forward and get right. I'm glad, but you know, it, it's prove it time. And for me, uh, whatever he's doing right now in, in any of the off leagues, cool. Keep it up. Stay healthy. Come, come to camp in shape and prove it yeah no that's and, and that's totally fair but i'll tell you this i'll tell you what else is fair we've got a lot more coming for you here in the q a portion of today's live aloha edition of the locked on reds podcast but that's going to do it for our regular show here make sure you check us out on uh next week not next monday it's going to be next tuesday i believe when we will be talking about what this roster now looks like because i really don't think there's that many bench spots up for grabs anymore we're going to talk about why that is and who may find themselves as the odd men out that's all coming up on monday thanks for making locked on reds your first listen today now make sure to make your second listen locked on sports today as they have you covered for the biggest news in sports big game recaps reactions to all kind of transactions and everything going on. And plus, they've got the take of the day as well. That's Locked On Sports today, just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available on all platforms. And we will be Locked On Reds every single day.